0: Well, friends, you may have remembered that I, I was doing a Lenten series um, during my homilies on almsgiving, fasting, and prayer, which I poorly planned out and mapped out for Lent, and so I'm left with prayer today and last Sunday uh, on what the Roman Missal says should either be a very brief homily or no homily at all. In fact. So. Uh, I did put in the bulletin uh, printout flyer, like, 10 pointers for prayer from the USCCB, uh, because I'm not going to be able to give prayers due justice in this uh, brief homily. But I did want to just uh, kind of reflect briefly on the three times prayer comes up in Mark's uh, passion narrative, because I think it does give us uh, some sense of the nature of prayer. So two of them, of course, are in the Garden of Gethsemane after the Last Supper, And Jesus has asked Peter, James, and John to watch and pray while he goes off alone uh, to pray. And Jesus gets annoyed because every time he keeps coming back, they are snoozing, as I probably would be uh, myself. Uh, But he says an interesting thing. He says, watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, uh, but the flesh is weak. And so one of the purposes of prayer is to strengthen and fortify us in the face of future temptation. One of the purposes of prayer is to have an honest self-examination with the Lord in in prayer um, so that we're able to anticipate and be strong when we face uh, a temptation that comes up uh, after prayer. I often wonder that if peter had taken that time of prayer seriously i just wonder if that would have changed what he did right after the garden scene right where he goes off and he denies even knowing jesus three times i wonder if he had confronted his fears in that moment of prayer if that would have turned out any differently but jesus says our flesh is weak we are particularly weak in the face of temptation And so prayer helps to strengthen us and fortify us that we might have the courage and the strength to resist the temptations that come. I remember um, somebody that I really trusted and respected had a significant fall uh, in their life, did something they could have never imagined doing uh, that really compromised vows that they had taken uh, for life. And I remember after a few years, they talked to me honestly, and they said, Jeremy, I stopped praying. And they said, because I stopped praying, I never had to confront the Lord directly and honestly, right? I never had to, I I could easily rationalize what I was doing when I wasn't confronting the Lord in daily prayer and in the daily examination of conscience where I was being honest with myself and with the Lord about what I was struggling with, and my Achilles heels and my vulnerabilities and the areas where I'm particularly susceptible to temptation. I wasn't doing that. And so I could rationalize it. So his advice to me is never stop praying because you're actually capable of doing things that you could have never imagined doing, right, without the fortification and strength of a life of prayer. I think Jesus was suggesting that to Peter, James, and John in the garden. The second is kind of contrasted. with Jesus' prayer in the garden. the beautifully mature prayer of a believer, which is to tell God what you want, but always with the caveat that you surrender to God's will over your own. Jesus' prayer is the model for all prayers. It's like, be honest with God about what you desire, But then, always with the caveat, not my will, but yours. God wants to hear our, he wants to hear what we want. He wants to hear our prayers, right? He wants to know what's on our mind, what we're afraid of, right? Jesus in his human nature is bluntly honest with the Father. He's like, I don't want this to happen. You can do anything, he says. All things are possible for you. Can't you redeem the world in a different way than what I'm gonna have to suffer? That would be my preference. You can find another route. He's honest with the Lord about that. But then he says that line of a incredible, someone who's surrendered, right, which is, but not my will, but yours. Prayers on God's terms, not on ours. And only when we kind of get into the habit of prayer, are we able to even separate out what we bring and project upon God in prayer and what God is actually speaking to us? That's a very difficult thing to do because we project on to God what we want to hear. I remember hearing one time that the purpose, of, and I thought this was really good, the purpose of prayer is not to change God's mind. The purpose of prayer is to change our heart. The purpose of prayer is not to change God's mind. The purpose of prayer is to change our heart. That's not to say that God hasn't built into his eternal plan of salvation the effectiveness of our own prayers, right? But it is to say that the primary goal of prayer is to sit with the Father's heart and to conform our lives to his terms, his purposes. So our prayer always has to be modeled after the prayer of Jesus Lord, this is what I want, but I trust you more. can't see the full picture. I trust you more. Finally, the the final prayer is Jesus from the cross, his lamenting prayer, captured beautifully by Luke's uh, beautifully haunting version of Psalm 22 today that we sang. Jesus cries out, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And this teaches us that God can handle any of our prayers. God can handle the full spectrum and array of our human emotions. He can handle when we say to him, I feel like I've been abandoned by you. Because I dare to say that all of us in our spiritual journey, if we haven't already, we will feel abandoned by God. We will feel like he's absent. We'll feel like he's not there. Jesus in that moment in his human nature feels alienated by All of the disciples, except John, who have left. So he feels alienated by human beings, but he also feels, in his human nature, alienated by the Father. He feels that, and he says it in a prayer. And so in prayer, we can be blunt and honest with God. Sometimes I think today, we're actually kind of weak with God in prayer. We think it's an offense to God. It's a lack of faith to say something sharp. Like, God, I don't know what the heck you're doing right now. I don't understand this. But in the scriptures, the scriptures are full of people who are blunt with God. They are, they say to God what's on their, honestly on their heart. Because God can handle it. God can handle the big questions of human life that we put before Him. So friends, we should be honest like Jesus in prayer, because I know we feel surrounded sometimes. We feel isolated, we feel alone, we feel overwhelmed, we feel abandoned. And that's Jesus' prayer from the cross. Friends, prayer is a conversation with a friend. It's meant to be our uh, plugging in to the one who created us. One who redeemed us, one who constantly guides us through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. We can't have a relationship with a friend without having a conversation. And there's all sorts of ways to pray. But there's a million ways to pray. But, but the readings today teach us a few important lessons, right, about prayer, right, which is prayer can strengthen and fortify us against our particular Billy's heels and vulnerabilities in areas of temptation, It can help us to eventually conform our will to God to make sure our life is being done on God's terms and not just our own. And it can help us to express in the sanctuary of our own hearts the full spectrum and array of the emotions and circumstances of our daily life. Let's commit this Holy Week and beyond to sort of rekindling and recommitting to a life of prayer. Because that's how we develop uh, our union and love.